afterwards. That'll be great. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 37. By the way, uh, Tim Schmidt asked uh, for, for prayer. He and Megan flew out yesterday. They are in Florida. The church they are in is about 200, but the Christian school is about 800. And he said, I am doing something. I, not only is the school big, but every message that he preaches is going out on radio. So he would appreciate our prayers. Uh, I love it, praise God, for the opportunity that we have to put things on the internet. But uh, I don't know, radio, that would really be interesting. So anyway, and uh, we need to be praying, again, for the two-minute uh, warning. Uh, we've, got, we, we've got other churches that are going to be coming that have not been here before. And so just looking forward to that in, uh, in a big way. I want to say something about this coming Saturday. We're going to be meeting from 10 o'clock in the morning to 1130. Uh, we do have some ladies that need to be visited that can't make it to church anymore. And I'm looking for ladies to go and visit them. Uh, we also have uh, cards that we're going to be handing out. If you don't want to knock on a door, that's all right. You can leave this and it gives them an opportunity to go to our website and see the gospel. If we don't give it, give the gospel to them right there. I, uh, I pray that that situation is encouraged by the word of God this morning, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you in Jesus' name for, again, salvation in Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to come to the very throne of grace, recognizing that we have sinned, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. May that resonate this morning in this, in the Psalms, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. This last Friday night, I was at a meeting down in Stockton. Uh, there was about 30 of us that got together. We're looking ahead at the situation in churches and the need for young men to fill in the pulpits when older men need to step aside. It, it's, it, it burdens you to hear what's going on. Uh, Dick Hedger, who was part of this church back in the 60s and 70s and founded uh, by God's grace, Downtown Baptist, uh, is just having a different... When you're in your early 80s, uh, in his situation... And there is need big time for somebody to step in there. There's another pastor that I know, a great man down in Southern California, who is in great need. 
all the colleges are saying, we're getting four, five, and six phone calls a week asking, begging, please send us a pastor. Send us somebody that can come and candidate or whatever. That's the situation today. Now, the Lord loves his church. Amen? Here's one of the challenges that we have. You've heard this before from me and is not original with me. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. That's why, you know, you can honestly give the gospel to somebody. You can show them all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can show them that. And I've had this happen personally multiple times. Will you trust Christ as Savior? No. Because a man, even though he's convinced, he sees it. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. We also have situations where there are God's people that come into the local church. They hear the call of the need for others when it comes to the gospel message. When it comes to surrendering to the Lord, they hear it, they understand it, they see. They see it in Scripture. And yet, walking out the door, there is that hardness of heart and a resistance to the call of the Holy Spirit. I'm just not going to surrender. Why? Well, there's multiple situations. There's the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. There's the love of this world. I mean, that's what Demas had. Demas hath forsaken me, Paul said, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. Some people say, well, it's not easy in the gospel ministry. It's not, listen, in this day and age, it's not easy for anybody. It's not just pastors that go through stuff. It's all of God's people. But there are promises that we need to hear. Amen? Now, I want to ask you something. I don't want somebody raising their hands, but I want to ask you, just, just stop and consider, meditate, think about this. Is your heart prepared for the word of God this morning? By that I mean, is your heart surrendered? Lord, whatever you say. It's not going to be a heavy message in that way, but it's something that I hope and pray impacts. You know, so that the, the little things in this world that irritate don't overshadow the great need that God has called us to. All right? Amen? All right. Let's go at it. Psalm 37. Now, we have been here already. We started in verse 1. Look how God has instructed us so far. Verse 1, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Now, once again, we're hearing of situations 
We're, we're hearing of situations in our state that are not good. They're not good. California has become a place where most of the politicians have embraced a repudiation of biblical truth. Case in point, Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Listen, male and female created he them. But now in the state of California, August is transgender month. You know, people say, you know, you, you Christians, you're haters. We're not the haters. We're not the haters. We love people. We, we want to see them saved. We want to see them born again. We don't want to see 13 and 14-year-old boys and girls butchered by a doctor because somebody filled their minds with something that is absolutely unbiblical. I'm not going to apologize for saying that. I'm just not going to do it. But this is the world that we live in. Tomorrow is September what? Do you know that in world history, in the 16th and 17th centuries, that there were three times that Islam was defeated. Three times Islam was defeated. You know what the date was? September 11th. Study it. September 11th. We want to see Muslims come to Christ. But we have to recognize there's a spiritual warfare going on here. We have to understand. In fact, the more I study this, the more I realize my soul, more than politics, more than just trying to make a living, more than anything else, more than any physical war. Folks, this is a spiritual war. The sooner we understand it, the sooner we recognize that people need Christ, that's what it's all about. God told us through David, stop looking at the world in utter frustration and defeat. We are living in the world of the judges right now. You read the book of Judges twice, this was said. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. If you don't believe that, go out driving sometime, especially on a Friday night, and watch people running red lights. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. So, but the thing is, is why is this? Verse 2, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Listen, there's coming judgment. Oh, my soul, there's judgment that's coming. Folks, because of Christ, not because of us, but because of Christ, we are on the winning side. Instead, this is what we're supposed to do like we saw in verse 3. Look at verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. What will be the result? So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So trust in the Lord. In other words, like we saw, live 
the plan that God has given, trust in the Lord, and then live the purpose and do good. However you can, wherever you can. In spite of the little, it, the, the, the things that happen in life, be a blessing. Give the gospel. Pray. Pray for the two-minute warning, but also pray for this place. My heart is here. This, this, this place right here. Now, this, you know, I don't have to be here behind this pulpit. But I'm telling you, I'm reminded of the importance of this. I'm reminded of the responsibility that comes here. I've got people that are looking at me right now. The Bible is open. It's like, okay, what did God tell you? Not only that, there's a camera up there, and there are other people that are going to be watching this and listening to this. That's a blessing. It's also a responsibility. So trust in the Lord. He's got a plan. Then do good. Now, this morning, the title of this, all this has been in times like these. This morning is this. In times like these, it's all about him. I am more convinced than ever, and I was convinced a good bit, but God is continually working on the heart. This life, all that we're in, folks, the world might not recognize it, but we will. This Bible tells us it's all about him. Look at verse four. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, wait a minute. What's the desires of your heart? Monday. It's my wife and I's day off. I know it was a holiday, but it's our usual day off. And uh, we're just kind of trying to figure out, you know, where to go out and hang out a little bit, you know, do whatever. I had taken, about three years ago, our grandson, Taven, to a Tesla dealership. He likes Teslas. So it took him there, and it was rent- they had one car for sale there. The play- things were being sold like crazy. So I said, honey, let's go over to the Tesla dealership. Why did I say that? I have no idea. I just said, you know, it's something to do. It's unique. My wife has a habit of counting Teslas while we're out traveling. She said, oh, there's a blue one. You know, there's a red one. Oh, I've seen too many white ones over here, you know. So we went there, and I mean, that place is jumping. And so they said, this, this young lady comes out, you know, she's the, she's the perky little salesperson. She said, would you like to take a test drive? I said, no, 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 no. You know, see that CRV over there? That's our, you know, it, we, we have something on that that no Tesla here has, a pink slip with my name on it. She said, listen, it's okay, it's no problem. All right, and we did get to talk. By the way, it was really interesting. The Lord worked with this. We wound up uh, talking to a man, and he's now on our prayer list. He just found out he has colon cancer. And all of a sudden, we realize we know why we're there now. Forget the Tesla. Tom needs, Tom needs, he, he claims to be a Christian. Tom needs prayer. So anyway, uh, 
Listen, you, know, you, can take, you can take this one out. So we did. A Model Y. Why? It was there. A Model Y dual motor performance. So we got in without the sales lady. It's just my wife and I. The most comfortable seats you have ever sat in. Incredible. And then we went up Sierra Highway, and I thought, I got to try this. I punched it. I now know why they have those great comfortable seats, because it pushes you all the way back. And it was like, wow! That's a spiritual expression. You got to understand. And, you know, you come back, and it's like, whew, that was really something. But that's not my desire. That was interesting. And then I thought of Cary Granby the very next day because I took my truck over to the Dodge dealership to get the oil changed, and there sat a T-Rex, gray. It, it, I mean, it looked mean just sitting there. Brother Dequila, $108,000. It would look great in your driveway. So I took a picture and I shot it to Carrie. I said, hey, what do you think? You know, is this a pastoral vehicle? That's not my desire. You know, how many of you at one time, you guys especially, at one time, you know, it was like, boy, I've got to get, I've got to get that muscle car. You know, then you go, then you go after a while and it's like, I, I, I can't put my desire on something that can be taken out by an 83 Buick. Hitting it, you know, T-bone. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now the word, the Hebrew word delight there means to refresh yourself, to find enjoyment and pleasure. So the question is this, honestly, where do we find our enjoyment and pleasure? Let me tell you a little story. There were some people that thought this man was a nut. He was just a shoemaker. In fact, he was more a repairer of shoes. And he was just average, really, at that. But in the evenings, after work, he studied Greek he studied Hebrew. He studied, a few, he studied a few modern languages. He got into reading current literature. Uh, Captain Cook's voyages, they really fascinated him. He devoured them. That's as far as, far as he knew he was ever going to get. He just lived in a small English village. Some people thought, you know, this guy, he's got a growing family. He needs to get a second job where he can work at night to help cover them. But there was something in his heart that he desired. And really, to some, it was not reasonable for him to have this kind of passion. He was concerned about the millions of people around the world that had never heard the gospel of Christ. One day, in a meeting, 
he was able to speak and he preached to the people there, including some in church leadership. He preached Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. His theme was this, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. He was countered by this, young man, when the Lord wants to save those people, he will do it without my help or yours. Fortunately, this young man did not believe that. There were others that came along that when they heard what this man finally did, were absolutely inspired. Adnarb Judson, one of the men that I love to read about, Hudson Taylor, same thing. David Livingston, because one poor shoemaker named William Carey followed his God-given passion. There were millions around the world that were saved. Now listen, William Carey delighted himself in the Lord and God gave him the desires of his heart. Now, the question comes up in all seriousness. What is our passion? Because of his, because of William Carey, you had a man like David Livingston that said this, I must open a way to the interior of Africa or perish. Hudson Taylor said, I feel as if I could not live if something is not done for China. Now Spurgeon is a lover of the Psalms. I love reading Spurgeon. Listen to his thoughts when it comes to this verse right here. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Spurgeon said, make Jehovah the joy and rejoicing of thy spirit. Bad men delight in carnal objects. Do not envy them if they are allowed to take their fill in such vain idols. Look thou to thy better delight and fill thyself to the full with thy more sublime portion. In a certain sense, imitate the wicked. They delight in their portion. Take care to delight in yours. And so far from envying, you will pity them. There is no room for fretting if we remember that God is ours. But there is every incentive to sacred enjoyment of the most elevated and ecstatic kind. Every name, attribute, word, or deed of Jehovah should be delightful to us, and in meditating thereon, our soul should be as glad as the epicure which feeds delicate with a profound relish for his dainties. 
Second part of that verse. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. A pleasant duty is here rewarded with another pleasure. Men who delight in God's desires or ask for nothing but what will please God. Hence, it is safe to give them carte blanche. Their will is subdued to God's will, and now they may have what they will. So yesterday, my wife and I got on our bikes. I'm going to go out and do the desire of my heart. I got my bike out, and I had my T-shirt on. Big, bold print. Jesus saves. My wife wants to get on the bike. I want to get on the bike, but I want pe people to see this. We got about a mile and a quarter away from, the, away from the car, and my wife says, honey, your back tire is going flat. Pulled over. I just fixed this thing. It's flat again. Lord, is this the desire of my heart? So I'm walking my bike back to the car. You know what I found out? There was more people that saw me while I was walking than they would have if I was riding. I want people to know Jesus saves. Now, sometimes it's not always like we desire it. But the truth is this. We can trust God. You seek after him. And he changes your wanter. You seek after him. And he'll give you the desires that he has put in you. My pastor uh, from many years ago, the, the, he was our pastor when my wife and I got married, Pastor uh, John Mincy. He and I were out on visitation one time. We came to this house, and uh, there was a couple that we knew that had kind of visited our church. They, they didn't stick around, but they lived in a big, beautiful house. And we looked around and said, wow, yeah, this is nice. He says, yeah. He said, you know something? You delight in the Lord, and God will give you the secret desires of your heart. And I'm thinking, you know, is, is this what? We got in the car, and Pastor Mincy says, No. He said, did you notice his wife? She has so much pressure on her, she's that close to a breakdown because they are so stretched financially. God doesn't give us something to feed the flesh. He gives us something to bring to pass what the Spirit desires in us. I came across something. I got to share this with you. This is a worldly source, if I can put it like that. A worldly source actually gave me my outline for my message this morning. I got to tell you about it. A few years ago, I, I, looked, I looked this up on delight and, you know, desire, you know, and so forth. A few years ago, there was a lady that is a writer for Forbes.com. She put this to her subscribers, quote, if you could say in one word what you want more in life, what would that be? Now, that's a good, that's a good question, isn't it? 
pardon me, I know the temperature is coming down a little bit, but not that much. How many of you are looking forward to fall? Our men. One word. Now stop and think about it. Don't, don't shout it out. But if you could say in one word what you want more in life, what would it be? Now here were the answers that she got. And, and it was interesting how she did this. One word and then, okay, now what's your biggest challenge in being able to meet that? Here was the number one thing, happiness. People want happiness. Well, I thought, okay, Psalm 64.10, the righteous shall be glad in the Lord. You know where our happiness comes from? And shall trust in him and all the upright in heart shall glory. Now she said, this is what she heard from others that was the biggest challenge, not knowing what I want. Well, wait a minute. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God makes us happy and he guides us into that which gives us Delight. Number two, money. There we go. Well, now wait a minute. Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Anybody here starving? Anybody here need to starve a little bit? Well, what's the biggest challenge? She said, well, this was the thing. Not having enough money or time to accomplish the things I want to do. You know, a very simple verse came to my mind. Say it with me. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Question. Are you saved? Is the Lord your shepherd? Amen? Amen. You shall not want. I'll believe my Bible before I'll believe anything else. Number three, <clears throat> freedom. Freedom. Well, John 8, 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you uh, free, ye shall be free indeed. How many of you are glad you're free from your sin? Not only the punishment of it, but the power of it. Hey, what's the biggest challenge she found? Having the freedom to find my true purpose or being lit up by the day-to-day -day at work. Well, Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. There was a picture, uh, one, of the, um, one of the preachers from Friday night, this was so good, uh, Brother Gail, uh, Brother uh, Rule, Gabe Rule, up in Chico. He said he was he was interviewing Don Sisk. For those of you that don't know, Don Sisk is in his early 90s. He was a missionary for decades in Japan, and now he's helping run BIMI, the missions uh, organization. 
And he's, he's preached in over a thousand mission conferences. And he's in his early 90s. Gabe was interviewing him for his podcast and asked him this. He says, what, what makes you? You know, he says, he says, we've got all kinds of people that have dropped out of life because of COVID or, or something, else, you know, things that have just come along and they've taken the wind out of their sails. What keeps you going? And he said, I will never forget his answer. Dr. Don Sisk looked him in the eye and he said, I promised God that before I die, I will live. That's a good answer. I'm not just going to sit back. I'm going to live. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ. Number four, this is a good one. By the way, there's a total of nine, so we're getting there. Peace. People need peace. How many of you work with somebody or you have a relative or a neighbor of someone that they are struggling when it comes to peace? Christ said this, peace I leave with you, John 14. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I love this verse. This is one of the verses that I go through every week. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. What was the biggest challenge this writer found? Well, it's the lack of clarity. Listen to this about who I am and once again, what is my purpose? It was interesting how many times the word purpose showed up. Well, Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. In other words, for to me to live is Christ. Number five, joy, akin to peace, akin to happiness, but people are looking for joy. In Christ, what do we have? Psalm 1611, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of, say it with me, joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The biggest challenge, how to find the right role or position for me now that will bring joy in my work. It's interesting how much people are wanting something to do, but then to have peace and contentment and joy and satisfaction in what they're doing, which by the way, is nothing wrong with that, except there's one problem. Everybody, we know this in their heart, has a God-sized hole and only God can fill it not stuff. You can buy an acre of vehicles and you will still be miserable. You can buy a dozen Teslas and throw in a T-Rex. <clears throat> They're still going to rust. The batteries will go down. The gas will run out. Guess what? Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. 1 Peter 1, 
Verse seven, for us, this is key. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with, here it is again, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Number six, balance. Hey, for the believer, there's no bit greater balance than life in Christ. John 15, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. What's the biggest challenge? Well, balancing my needs and desires for flexibility, flexibility while making enough money and having the benefits I want. Well, how about this? 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That brings the greatest balance. 2 Corinthians, excuse me, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Folks, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Number seven. Actually, there's only eight, so we're almost done. Number seven, fulfillment. Hey, I, I need fulfillment. I love this. The last phrase in Psalm 87. All my springs are in thee. Everything, everything you and I need to find joy, the peace that passes all understanding, our needs met, our comfort, rest, as we'll see next time, Everything is in Christ. What's the biggest challenge that these people that wrote back into her, and she had almost 800 that did, utilizing my potential in the best way for myself and for others? <laughs> Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. How many of you believe that the greatest need for mankind is salvation in Jesus Christ? It's the gospel. For my, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And then lastly, confidence. And when I read that, I couldn't think anything better than the verse that God gave me when I was 18 years old that I've claimed as my life verse. Joshua 1.9. Have not I commanded thee be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. But they said, what's the biggest challenge? Well, feeling like I have something to offer now 
rather than feeling constantly as if I'm not ready and I need more training. And everybody can grow, even people that are in their 70s and 80s. Amen? Well, guess what? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, what's the word? Next. 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 Why? That the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know something? We, we hurt many times because we're neglected. We hurt many times because we feel cheated by others. But the Lord Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, James tells us. And he will always meet the need. No wonder Psalm 62.5 says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. You know, remember what William Carey was all about, his life? You can boil his down, his life down to this, and ours really. 2 Corinthians 6.10. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing all things. We don't need the things of the world. Everything that we see right now, including these bodies, everything, one day, gone, done, destroyed, rotted away, and one day God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth Everything depends on what we do in Christ. But it's so easy to get away from, isn't it? You know why? Because all we see is in the world. Can you imagine this? Ah, you know what? I don't know how the Lord can use me. Well, how about delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart? Yeah, but maybe it's not really my desire. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Really got to meditating on that. It's something that Satan loves to detract us from. Because while we would love to dwell on that, the nasty now and now works on us. A flat tire, a lost job, a difficult situation, a difficult relationship, difficulty when it comes to the country, God says, wait a minute, fret not thyself because of unbelievers, neither be envious against the wor- on the workers of uh, iniquity. That's all going to stop. That's all going to pass. Next time we get together, we're going to look at verses 5, 6, 
7 and 8. Just verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. When it comes to delighting in the Lord, God always has a way. And he's going to show us the way. But first, delight. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, in all seriousness, what's your delight? If there was one word, like that lady said, she wrote this in about 2017. In one word, what would you say your passion is, your desire? I pray that we say it's Christ, like Paul, for to me to live is Christ.